Well, hello, welcome to episode two of the Jock and Journo show. Jay Clark from the Herald Sun and captain of the uh, Collingwood Football Club, Scotty Penderby. Good morning, Scott. G'day, Jay. How you going, mate? Well, I'm going well. Braden Cox, uh, good to see you here, mate. We've got a special guest today, and we're very excited about this. He's A-graders? Been... A-graders only, surely. <laughs> He's an A-grade guest, we're Scott. <laughs> He's been one of the biggest voices in football for 50 years, one of the most respected journalists in the country. Now he's just enjoying some retirement, of course, some work with Fox, but otherwise uh, hanging around there playing some golf in Sorrento. Mike Sheen, how are you, Mike? Good morning, Jay. And that's the Scott Penner with the Collingwood captain, is it? It is. So I stuffed up. The B grader here. I'm not sure I want to be on, on this show, mate. Well, we're going to get straight to the point um, here, Mike, because after Collingwood's opening round loss to Hawthorne, you're on the wireless. And uh, we had a crack at our mate. He questioned whether Scotty Penderbury was still an A-grader. Now, this is your chance, Mike. What on earth were you saying? Look, to be honest, I think it was attention deficit syndrome. And I thought, I need to say something silly to see if people <laughs> still notice that I'm around. And obviously they did. No, Scotty, um, I don't even know quite how to answer these questions. <laughs> uh, I... It, my elite category has only got probably eight to ten blokes in it, and there's a very, very you don't have to be off your game much to slip from elite to very good. <laughs> it, it was just a gentle, just a gentle uh, uh, uppercut. Now, uh, what did you? What did well, you did I he... copped it all week at the club. I was getting called B grade celebrity all week. <laughs> <laughs> now, what is? Hey, he... I thought you blokes. No, wait, Jay. Uh, Jay, I thought. I thought blokes like Scotty never read the papers, watched telly, or listened to the radio. No, oh, well, there's a thing called social media now, Mike. Have you heard ah. of that? No, I don't so, want to explain that to me. Will so that's you? sort of all the keyboard warriors out there <laughs> can let you know about certain things that happen. So I actually didn't even know about it until I reckon a couple of days after. Until your phone blew up. Until all the boys started calling me a B grade celebrity. And I said, What's this? I said, oh, Mike, Mike Shane's come out and said you're not an A grade. Oh, yeah. I said, oh, it was well, pretty gentle, Scotty. Nah, pretty nah, gentle. No, no, no. I, I always like in this situation for the so called victim to hear it for themselves and they know the context that was spoken about. And you know just how gentle it was. Yeah, I know. Context is a wonderful thing. So what's he got to do, Mike? What's he? What's he? What's that great man here got to do to get back up into the uh, the stratosphere, into the absolute one, top one well, percent? Because he's been very consistent, along with Gaz. He's been the most consistent player in the comp for eight years, Mike. And he's been a brilliant player. I didn't say that he hadn't been that. And in fact, I can't ever remember having a top ten in the Herald Sun when I did it that didn't include the name S. Pendlebury. Yes. So I think my credits are okay there. You've been Look, a big the fan. elite level. If I had to define the elite level, it's not scientific, it's just my assessment, and I think a few others have the same view. It's blokes who consistently impact the trend of a game. And if the game's in the balance, they do something that'll mean that their team wins it, or they'll turn it if they're going down the hill, or they'll do something significant at a crucial moment. So, and that's how I would define elite. So who's the elite player in the competition for you right now, Mike? Dusty. Anyone else? I, 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 uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm... He would be my number one. Dangerfield, clearly. Um, yeah. I think I think Gaz is still nearly elite, but I'm not quite. You know, I want to reserve judgment on that. Yeah. Uh, but Buddy's Buddy's elite. I, I reckon they're probably. Tom Mitchell. Um, almost, almost. But mm. yeah, look, it sounds silly to say this. This boy keeps averaging forty possessions a game, uh, and I, I think I think we're all a bit coloured negatively about the fact that Sydney let him go. But I think what we should be doing is sort of saying, why in the hell did that happen? And surely they could have found room for him. Mm. Had a good bloke called Josh Kennedy who's probably taken his spot. Can you have two of the same types, Mike, like that? Uh, are they the same types? I think Hawthorne, I mean, in... I think Hawthorne played a different style to Sydney that probably 
brings Mitchell's strengths to the table a bit more than Sydney. Well, Scotty, you're up close to him when, you, when Collingwood play the Hawks. He, I think he's a better player now than he was in Sydney, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. But I think the biggest difference from Sydney to Hawthorne is how much harder he runs after the contest happens. So his, his ability to spread really quickly is become elite. Like if you take your concentration off him for a second, he's already gone. And he did, yep. didn't have that at Sydney. And the, the knock on him too in Sydney was that he didn't hurt you with his feet, did he? Uh, yeah, I, sp- I suppose it's hard for him to hurt you with his feet because he's always, you know, head in the trough, using his hands to release runners. But he's hitting the scoreboard. Yeah, well, he he was the best player on the ground by a mile on Monday, I think. Yeah, he, and when you he kicked it well and he kicked goals. Yes, and I think when you say that, you know, someone of your standing saying he's clearly the best player on the ground when Danger, Dangerfield, Ablett, and Selwood. I've all had huge numbers. It just shows how much impact he's having. He's back on the bandwagon now, Mike. Did you hear what he said then? A man of your standing. I've had a great Thanks, standing, Mike. Mike. <laughs> hey, Mike, now that you're not uh, watching so much footy, uh, because it was an absolute uh, privilege to work with you for so long at the Herald Sun office, what are you doing with your time now, mate? What are you doing now that you're not uh, working so bloody hard at the newspaper every day? Well, funny you should ask, Jay. I yep. was in Perth at the weekend for the wedding of the decade. That was Jeffrey Brown. Oh, uh, yes. Scotty, you'd, you'd, yep. you'd know Jeff Brown. And uh, Australia's yep. second richest woman, uh, Rhonda Wiley. And this was a show, mate. If, if, if Harry and Mer- uh, Megan Merkel can produce a bigger show, I'd be, be very surprised. <laughs> was Boy George the uh, singing at that wedding? Yeah, he was, yeah. Did he yeah. get up there and I think, But he, they got him cheaply. He was only 300 grand, I think, for the night. Are you kidding me? Well, no. Holy moly. Now, those, those who should know Jay, and you know how often we quote them, yep. they were suggesting that the wedding would have cost a minimum three as much as five. Million bucks. Yes. Wowzers. Hey, uh, you had heart surgery. How's the golf game going? Are you getting out there? Well, or? actually, no, I haven't been allowed to play. Yep. I wasn't allowed to play for minimum four months, and that's now up. Um, so I'll take my very ordinary game back after five months out and uh, just see if I've still got any ability to hit the ball forward. What do you, what do you play off, Mike? Uh, well, when I was playing, Scotty, I was off 18 at Courtsy. Very nice. Bad. Yeah. Which is okay. I mean, you'd be happy turning up at any club and sort of saying that I play off 18 and I I could play to it. Now, I can't always play to it, obviously, but um, if I'm playing okay, I'm pretty happy with that mark. Very nice. Yeah, not too bad. Now, I've asked you about the elite players in the game. What about the elite media performers, elite journos, Mike? Who's who's (laughs) your favourite? Tricky. Scotty, look, I I, I just want to be objective about this, but I don't think there are any. I don't think there have been any any for about six years. (laughs) Uh, You're the best. You know, the great thing about Mike in the Herald Sun office uh, was, Scotty, he he was so approachable. So there was always a a long queue at the front of his office because everyone was always lining up, just waiting to get good advice. (laughs) Wasn't that right, Mike? You're happy to talk to anyone all the time. You're so selfless with your time. Jeez, Jay, I'm, I'm going to go in with a big hit today. I was really uh, in fear about uh, confronting you too, but I feel a lot better now. Well, one, one more thing before we leave you, Mike, because we know uh, you've got things to do, but we're going to have this discussion in a second. Now, Scotty has, has crazily started rucking uh, for Collingwood. I'm not sure whether you saw that on the weekend. But I saw that. Yeah, yeah. now, uh, we're, I'm a, we're about to have this argument, but I think it's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. What do you reckon about the uh, Ferrari over here uh, ploughing the field? Uh, no, I wouldn't put him in there. See? Uh, no, I mean, Richmond did it with Sean Grigg, but uh, with due respect to uh, the Richmond man, I don't think he's at the class level of S. Pendlebury. I've got to hit out. In fact, Scotty, if I were doing the top 50 today, mate, I think I'd have you one. 
Oh, thanks, yes. Mike. Yes. You're back. You're back. <laughs> hey, Mike, thanks so much for joining us, mate. You're always so um, generous with your time. Uh, we hope everything goes well and you're um, bloody shooting uh, great scores on the golf course very, very soon. Thanks, Jake. Good to catch up, Scotty. Thanks, Mike. <laughs> Take it easy, Mike Sheehan. Absolute one of the legends of the media uh, industry. And, and, mate, some contrition there, Scotty. He said, you know, oh, maybe I might have been a bit harsh, a bit reactionary after uh, he backed up quick, didn't he? round one. You could... You could sense the sense the fear in his voice a little bit. He uh, is one of the absolute um, great A-grade. men. <clears throat> hey, let's have, a, let's have a let's uh, have a quick chat about um, about what the hell you're doing in the ruck. Because I would have thought if I was an opposition coach, Scott Penderbury, the place I would want you to be, right? The absolute place I would want you to be, either fullback or in the ruck. Because when you when you're one of the best clearance players in the game, Scott, then you do your best work clearly at ground level. What the hell, the bloody hell are you doing in the ruck? Um, yeah, it was one that Bucks come to me with, I suppose, that almost like a what if, mm-hmm. if we had have lost somebody mm-hmm. um, that I might have to go in because clearly it was um, Brody and Darcy would, would take care of that. But we lost Darcy and he just said, you won't have to take centre bounces, but around the ground every now and again, you might just have to wrestle. And um, once the ball hits the deck, deck we, we would be, you know, a 4v3, we thought. But um, I, I gave just away a free kick in the, um, in the ruck in, the ruck in, in D50. <laughs> Um, which was Brody's fault. He was, on the <laughs> gr- he was on the ground and he thought it was our Ford 50. Uh, so he's run out and it's like, no, mate, you're supposed to be in the ruck. <laughs> and then he realised. Um, but yeah, actually, it's funny, but you enjoy just a fresh challenge. I only was in the ruck, what, maybe yep. six contests. Yep. Um, and then around the ground. But the thing that I probably struggled with the most is that's usually the time that when I got a rotation and I had to ruck and then I had to stay on ball and um, slightly challenging. And um, I was fighting out of my weight division against Patton a fair bit. But we know you've got hops because I've seen a video of you dunking a basketball when you got nominated for the Rising Star. Is that true? I can still dunk a basketball, Coco. See, so you that. can yeah. get up there. You, you can jump. I think someone on the on the commentary I was watching me take the other day, and they're like, "He does have long arms." <laughs> I don't know if that helps me if I'm seven <laughs> inches smaller. That's what you want. You want long arms. Uh, I think you do the your uh, your best work at ground level. Uh, to be honest, we're going to see more of this in the future, Scotty. Like, do you think this could be a regular thing? Um, or is it just out of desperation? Because I think of that the, for uh, us it was out of more desperation. And, situation. Yeah, and probably just plan. You know, if we had have had Coxie Reedy playing yep. and one of those boys went down, then the other one would just assume the ruck roll. So, yep. um, yeah, if I had been tapped on the shoulder and said, we need you to do a centre bounce. Trouble. I just wouldn't. I'd, you, you would have done the, you know, try and pick a part of the quadrant each of the yep. four of you and try and shark it. I'm not jumping and copping a knee because... No. My jump versus Rory Lobb's jump. I reckon his knee would have gone straight through my cheekbone. That's uh, where I'm uh, getting at. You and would have been one of the tallest guys on the ground pretty much at that point, wouldn't you? Yeah, I think it was Brody then me. Jeez. Yeah. Should we tie off on the Collingwood performance at the weekend? What do you yeah. think? Um, yeah, I thought for three and a half quarters we were pretty solid. Um, yeah, just fell away late. I think GWS finally got the game on their terms late with sort of that open up and back and... Um, you know, we still had our chances. We just couldn't connect going inside 50, which um, was one of our strengths last year as a side. So mm-hmm. looking to, to improve that this week against Carlton, who present another challenge. But, yeah, really happy with um, the effort and that on the weekend. But it still still is a loss and sit here zipping too. But um, really excited for, for Friday night. You sort of wonder if... Um if Maury hadn't have gone down and if he had reading the team. Well, it's all Coxie's fault. So he got reported against so, Hawthorne. Yes. It's like the butterfly effect. <laughs> so he, I think Bucks yesterday blamed him for three. I'm blaming him for four. Go on. So he got reported, misses yep. a week, 
need Reedy at training two days out. Reedy misses. Broomy comes in and plays Snaps forward. His leg. Darcy has to go forward because Coxie and Reedy are both out instead of playing back. Does his hamstring on a searching lead to the wing. <laughs> so Coxie's cost, cost us four players. Not ideal. Better kick a bag Friday night. Not ideal. And how's it going to look this weekend? Coxie come back? Is it Cox and Reid forward, you think? Um, yeah, obviously it's, what is it, Thursday morning here. Yep. So the team will come out tonight. Yep. Um, we've got a meeting in a couple of hours to, to go through that. So, um, yeah, if both boys are right to go, I, I'd yep. assume they'll come back. Yep. Um, That's the way you structured up all pre-season. Yeah, it'll give us something to kick to, um, you know, when we... Not so much just to kick to all the time, but when we yep. are under pressure, and, and Carlton's pressure is quite good, that... Every now and again, you might need to just hack it in there and, and need an aerial presence, and that's um, you know those boys' primary role. It's going to be a huge game on, on Friday night against Carlton, who lift against you boys, Scotty. They've been very good against Collingwood, won two out of their last three games. And Coxie, our mate, who uh, there were a couple of clubs sniffing, sniffing after him uh, last year's trade period, re-signed at the Pies. He's a better player than what he's shown, I think, at AFL level so far. So I don't know whether it's a confidence thing, a butterflies thing. It's amazing to watch him at training and clunk those marks, and then when it comes to game time... We haven't seen that um, yet. So it's a really, really interesting challenge for him as a player because at some point, you know, um, he's going to run out of opportunities. So he needs to take those. Is okay. it just a matter of one bad game for him and people overanalyze it because he's an American? Never. Never in this sport would anything get overanalyzed, would it? Joe? Sometimes we get a bit reactionary, uh, I'll be well, honest, uh, fellas. But it, it, Against Hawthorne, yep. he did. He statistically had a poor game. Yep. But... To me, it was exciting of just how much he got his hands on the ball. He, yep. he did drop marks, but it was a very wet game, slippery game. And he what he's ha- had his hand. He could have had 15 contested marks potentially. Got to the contest. So, yeah, I think the bigger issue in the past with, with Coxie when he's learning this game is actually getting to the contest. Mm-hmm. He's got that balance right now. He knows how to get free for run and jump, all that type of stuff. And, yeah, when they stick, um, it's going to be so exciting. And And – Guys love playing with him in the forward line because you know if he doesn't mark it, it's coming right where they want it in that, in yep. that sort of front and centre zone. We're going to get to the match of the round in a sec. Now, should we plug our, uh, our new sponsor? Have we got a new sponsor that you've got some news that we, uh, that we need to unveil? Do we have a new sponsor? Do we? Scotch and Soda are keen to send yeah, out some stuff. Good friends at Scotch and Soda. Uh, there's another little company that hit us up about iPhone cases. So we'll let... But they just got to get it in here. Uh, yeah, the match of the round is clearly Hawthorne versus uh, Richmond um, coming up this weekend. It's the Master versus the Apprentice, Clarko versus uh, Dimmer. We all saw what Hawthorne did to Geelong um, on Easter Monday. How you, and you called this? I don't want to blow too much wind up your uh, backside now that you're a B grade ruckman. But um, you did pick this last year. It's a fall from grace, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> you did pick this last year that the Hawks were back. You saw something. What did you see on Easter Monday? Um, I think just their brand of footy, their style, their game plan, their defensive work. Um, well, I seen it Monday, but I seen it firsthand round one. How hard it was to get through them. Yep. Um, yeah, both defensively they set up really well and really quickly, and then offensively they're very organised um, and they connect so well going inside fifty. You know, all those little short passes. Um, they just sort of take the wind out of the sails of the opposition. So. Yep. I think Geelong only had, was it 41 inside 50s for the game? Yeah. Or even less, maybe. Was it? 38, maybe, or something like yeah, that, yeah, compared yeah. to 70. So, yep. no doubt. They'd get prob- out of their back 50. Yeah, no doubt they'd probably want to tighten up that once it does go in their side, like Geelong scored 117 points off 40 entries. But, yeah, their defensive stuff's really, really good. And then, um, you know, but I, I did, I actually worked this game for, I think it was for Channel 7 last year, Richmond versus Hawthorne, late in the year. And I thought, 
um, Hawthorne would win and, and Richmond actually smashed them. So, mm. um, yeah, both sides have got elite small forwards. So, it's um, yeah, it's going to be an exciting game again and it is definitely a match of the round. And I just think Hawthorne have more confidence than what they did this time last year. I think they, they're starting to get that belief they're that they can, they can do it. And yeah, they've also got a lot of players back that they didn't have last year, you know, coming back from injuries. And, yep, um, Stratton, yeah. Frawley. Suburb Rioli. Suburb Rioli. Um, Tommy Mitchell's second favourite now in the Brownlow medal. Jeez, he's been impressive. I reckon beyond six Brownlow votes and uh, just so quick and clean in there. But for me, the big story for Hawthorne, and you sort of touched on it then, Scotty, is the, is the pressure rating, the pressure factor. So especially, um, you know, points scored from from, from uh, turnovers in the forward half. So when you go back to their flag years, what was it, 13, 14, 15, ranked number one throughout all those years. And then at the weekend against Geelong, um, so the league average pressure rating in the forward half is like 160. They delivered 206. So anything even close to 200 is off the charts. Yeah, it's off the charts. And then they delivered 206 in a, in a big game. That says to me that that um, that premiership pillar, you know, that trademark quality, because we talked a lot about their kicking over the years and how good they had intercept marking or whatever. But that that forward pressure and that turnover stuff with Puopolo, Rioli, uh, Bruce, and now they add a bloke called Jarman Impey who just yeah. comes in and plays that specific role. You look in that forward line, how jumpy the Geelong defenders, it was a young back line, but just how jumpy that Geelong defence looked with all those hawks causing yeah. chaos around there. Yeah. It, that wor- it just works. Yeah, and I think too, like their forward pressure is elite and it's also aided by how well they're set up. You know, say Zach Guthrie picks up the ball at the week and he looks to find a target. Yep. All he sees 50 metres away is Hawthorne guys in aggressive position. And Rioli running and at him. And then buys Rioli that half a second to put more pressure on. Yep. So it is, it's a, it's a system thing that they're doing really well. And yep. Um, yeah, I suppose for the fans out there that if you're trying to think of we talk pressure rating, we both know what that means. Mm-hmm. But if you're at the game and you're thinking like 200 or whatever it is, pressure rating, yep. that's that bit of play where the crowd's up on their feet screaming ball and then yep. it goes again, another hit ball, another hit ball. Like That's a whole game of that. Yep. That is insane. Yep. And at contrast, you know who's ranked 18th in that for the start of the season? This is unbelievable. I can't believe this. But the Bulldogs. So while Hawthorne is number one for this forward pressure, um, the Bulldogs are ranked number 18. Now you go back to two years ago to 2016, Scott, and they had this, you know, Dalhouse, Liberatore, um, so McLean, you know, that, that their forward pressure was insane as well. And now they've fallen all the way down to the 18th. It just lays bare. Their problems as well because that tenaciousness, that grunt, that energy, that effort is absolutely gone from that footy club. Yeah, I watched a bit of their game against West Coast on the weekend. It was um, pedestrian. Yeah, I think I think what's not helping them with their pressure too is their ball use going forward. Like they've there's actually targets that are out for them and they're missing those targets, you know, a long way. I think there was one on the weekend where three Bulldogs were out and the guy kicking it in hit the West Coast guy, the one West Coast guy. Not ideal. And it might have even been Shannon Hearn. Yeah. And then it just goes bang. You can't pressure that. Yeah. So I think a bit for them is they'll they'll tidy up their defence, but also clean up their execution with the footy because, as we know, it's they're not separate issues, defence and mm-hmm. then attack it. They both fold into each other. You tell us what that's like as a player. Like t- take us into that situation. So after the game, the, you know whether it's Luke Beveridge or Nathan Buckley, and you train, you've trained for months, and you've put so much into hitting that target, and obviously under the pressure of the game, you turn it over, and then you got to face the coach and face your teammates. And he says, "How did you miss that target? You know, why did why did you why did you have five clangers? How how do you explain that skill execution when you're feeling horrific? Obviously, but yeah. what's that moment like? Yeah, it's funny. I was actually um, speaking to to Adam Trelaw about stuff like this. He was saying that he when he did, I think he did a press conference. He was saying because um, everyone thinks it's like he goes, everyone thinks that I'm like you know a bad kick. 
He goes, I'm not a bad kick. He goes, it's just sometimes I make a bad decision. Mm. He goes, I kick it fine. It's just a bad decision. So yeah. I think the uh, the balance for a coach would be you're actually challenging the decision, not the kick. Yep. Um, so if you're making poor decisions, well, then you can work with that. Um, you know, you might make the right decision, but just a, a poor kick. But I, I don't think you can crucify that. So yep. um, I think the thing that Hawthorne do really well is they just hit the obvious, the easy kick. They don't really go for for too much too soon. Yep. Um, and what I mean by that is if you've got a little lead up 20 metres away, just hit it. Don't go for the 45 metre kick across your body. That's going to look amazing. One in 10. Yep. Just hit the little obvious one, take the sting out of the game. So, Which is a discipline thing. Yeah, which is a discipline thing. And, and also, it's, and Sometimes it's the unsexy thing. Yeah, but um, even late in the game, Geelong, Hawthorne, a few of the Geelong guys, the pressure was up. You could see and they had time, but all they wanted to do was grab it and kick it 55 metres out of the area to take the sting out of the game. But all that did is they kicked it 55 metres, Hawthorne mark, go back at you. All they had to do was find that little 20 metre kick, yep. take a mark, take the sting out of it, move the footy again, just short pass and then... Yeah, I thought that's what they tried to do early. Yeah, but retain the ball. And yeah, yeah, and then Haw- it sort of played into Hawthorne's hand a bit, though, didn't it? By letting them set up completely, and then they just forced them down the line. Yeah, which is yeah. a good system. Um, last one on this: How do you? F- how have you felt as a player when you've made such a obvious poor mistake? You know, in the heat of the game, under fatigue. Tell me, tell me what you feel. Uh, like I think in round one, you missed the target. Um, f- it was probably a twenty meter target on the left hand boundary side. You missed a target, oh, kicked yeah, it to the yeah. opposition, and you like you screamed or swore or yeah. said whatever. And I think the commentators like, "Geez, Pendlebury doesn't really, um, you know, miss those." How do you feel in that moment and after the game, you know, in front of fifty thousand people, when you've made you've missed a kick that you would hit forty nine times out of fifty? Yeah, um, yeah, I remember the exact kick. It's just for me. Ever since I've started, it's always the process. So watch the tape after the game straight away. Um, the decision that I made. I was happy with to try and hit Darcy. Um, Hawthorne had three back in the goal square versus Ben Crocker, so I didn't want to try and kick it in and, and pinpoint him. Yep. Right right decision, poor kick. Um, so then I just go to work on it. Yep. So both main sessions that we have, try and get another 25, 30 kicks of that same sort of kick. You put yourself in the same spot. Yeah. Um, and then the other one to me was set shot goal kicking against Hawthorne. Had a gettable set shot. Um, so then I just go that week, 20 after training, 20 after training the next time just go through my routine um yeah and just go to work on it and then you know if i get my, myself in that situation again i've done the work done so the work yeah that's just my process that i've always stuck to what do you reckon coco dedicated individuals i reckon i could kick a better set shot <laughs> no it's it's a weakness oh uh, and uh hey giant swans it's another brilliant game who tipping um oh. do you tip Hawthorne before to beat richmond um Oh, yeah, yeah, I'll yep. go with Hawthorne. I'll pick yeah. Hawthorne too. What about uh, Swans Giants? Um, I think the Giants. Yeah, yeah. Where where is it? Were you impressed by them at yep. the weekend? Very impressed. They're, they're, um, Have they they're, do they play with the team, the selflessness yet? Have they got the team ethos? Or have you still got to be convinced um, of that? Because that's no, a big do. question. They do. I think there's probably a stage there in that game where I thought we might have broken them. Um, sort of, we got ten points up in the last quarter. Yep. Brody had that snap out of the ruck. Um, I thought if that had gone through, I reckon we might have might have broken them. But then they're, they're just their class hurt you. When the game opened up, their ball use is just so good, and yep. um, and they don't they don't muck around in front of goals. I think they kicked twelve two, yeah, um, and we were about eleven goals seven three out in the full and two that didn't make the distance. So um, yeah, they're they're the, they're the real deal. If Collingwood plays the grand final this year, who do you think you're most likely to take on? Um, 
Jeez, that's a tough question to ask right now. Come on, mate. There's a number of sides. Oh, the, Haw- early Haw- call, I know. Yeah, Hawthorne. Yeah. Because I've only played two sides and they were the best side that I played. <laughs> the other mob were too bad. Yeah. One, interesting, one interesting one coming off the back of GWS and Gold Coast. Uh, Bob Murphy mentioned last night that the Gold Coast had all their home games taken away from them and it might be something that the Gold Coast can use as their kind of backs against the wall kind of situation. Do you think that that actually helps if a footy club or a, or a playing group has something to push back against? To no. No, <laughs> I don't. No, no way. The external I perception. I think the the best thing that the Gold Coast have done and what they believe in the most is the way they play footy now. Yeah, you can tell by the way they're playing. I've watched their first two games. Credit to Stuart Jew. They believe in what Stuart Jew's brought across, and their system is strong. Yep. That what's galvanised a group. Nothing galvanises a group like winning a few games of footy. And I think the other thing that's really good for them, they've made the. I've heard Stuart Jew talk about having fun while they're on. on the I think road. they're on the road for ten days at the moment in yeah, Perth. Yeah. And he's like, we need to make this fun. And what if you're a player and your coach is saying we need to make it fun, all the players are lighting up. So um, they look like a group that's having fun. I could show them a couple of spots in Perth, Scotty, if they need uh, any guidance. Have on you been there. to Perth lately? Oh, you yeah. are looking extremely tanned at the minute. Yeah, we had a bit of wedding in Perth time. Yeah, got How over there. Ago? Uh, a couple of weeks ago. You've kept the colour oh, well, yes, haven't yeah, you? Yeah. What's your secret? <laughs> well, I'm not sure. Just a natural glow, I think. It's fair to say. Just a... Don't be racist about this either. So you've been racist or not? No, I'm not. You just <laughs> you, 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 oh, have a look at the skin colour of you. Yeah, well, it's like you've been in Bali every day. You just got back from Bali every morning. Had a bit of bit of sunshine time in Perth, and um, you know, nothing like the illegal solarium. Just top it up, I suppose. <laughs> mate, I'm like, does it look like I need to use nah, the solarium, mate? And all fake tan. I'm looking at you, Ben Dixon. Ben Dixon. Hey, um, ducking Joel Selwood. Um, I'm with Lee Matthews on this. Well, is it a st- Stain is a strong word. Do you think it affects his standing or his nope. legacy in the game? Not at all. By the ducking. Because the Hawthorne players didn't look like they, d- they liked it. I just don't get why um, people don't tackle him around the hips. Is that possible? Absolutely it's possible. If you have a look at all those tackles, they're hitting him like here. Yeah. If you go like that. So if they hit him here, he's going to go like that. What? He can't just have the ball and go, oh, tackle me. I'm not going to use my arms to get out of this. I'm just going to try and cough it up. If you hit him in the hips. Pit him low. Um, oh, a teammate for us, Levi Greenwood, does yep. it the best. Every time we play Geelong, he just goes and hunts his hips. And then, yeah, he's good enough player that he'll get his hands free. But the momentum, if you're trying to take him down through the hips, is he's got to be that strong that he can still stay up. Um, and, like, you know that if you hit him in the arms, he's that strong that he'll just go whack and you're going to get him higher. So if you know it, why do you keep doing it? Yep. So I think it's a bit of stupidity. Toby McLean from the Bulldogs does it as well. Every time, if you hit him in the arms, he'll drop and do that one. So you know there's guys in the league who can get the free kick, but you've got to hit their hips. And as Lee Matthews said, you've got to reward the ball player. And if you can't tackle them the right way, it's like when you, you play anyone, you look at an opposition and go, oh, he can't kick with his opposite foot. Make him do that. Mm. Or he's not great in the air. Or this defender's poor on the ground. Let's exploit that. No different. So do you think Geelong's opponents this weekend – would be doing homework on that. Do you think it'd be a feature? Who does Geelong play this week? I'm trying to remember that off the top of my head. They play West Coast? Um, I don't know. But whoever, yeah, if, if you're going to Joel, you've got a chance to tackle him. Hit his hips. So you don't think it's right to change the rules just because someone's good at exploiting them? Well, he's not really exploiting them. He's taking advantage of um, tackles. But not just Joel. Like you, oh, yeah, you I mentioned c- others. I, could, I can do it. Are you okay with the knee buckle? Because there's a knee buckle in there as well. Um, yeah, well, if, if you're going to tackle, if you hit his hips and he buckles his knees, what happens? He gets caught with the ball. 
holding the ball. Yeah. Or it's a strength thing, though. You got to be strong enough to hold him. Yeah, absolutely. But if you, I'm, all I'm saying is, guys are hitting his arms, hitting his biceps, yep. shoulders, yeah, hit his hips, yeah, and then there is no issue. What did you make of the big three midfielders together for the first time? I knew it would happen. I knew they'd go in the first. I think Chris Scott likes doing that sort of stuff, and I like it's good for the game. Opportunity, yeah, it's great for the game, and um, yeah, it was good to see they all got a touch at the first centre bounce, mm. and um, yeah, it's pretty scary. They were all but then goals early. Um, Tommy Mitchell was the Too one good. who played the best. His so. guys are playing at an elite level. There's clearly, I mean, Hawthorne tried to play off him. Clearly, they did. One, uh, for Gaz round one, Melbourne they tagged him. Corey Maynard played on him. Made it an easier game for Gaz, but clearly Hawthorne at the weekend played off him, and that makes Gaz accountable from a defensive point of view. That's not the strong suit of his game, and we've we've seen that over two rounds, and and that's interesting. You know, Mike said off the top of the show he didn't think he was playing at an elite level yet, so it'd be interesting to see if Gaz can elevate his well, game. I, I read um, in the paper today Jimmy Bartel talking about that midfield dynamic between the three of them, and yep. um, he says that. Scott Selwood, Mark Blitzavs should be in there with two of them at a time to add that balance, add the add more balance to them, and um, yeah, but they're yeah they were pretty good, weren't they on, yeah. the, on the weekend? So I I think Gary is at the elite level. Yeah. He uses the footy better than anyone in the league, and like the more it's funny because in you know you talk about players' strengths and they kick it in long, you know he's such a good one-on-one player, maximise that. So if you're playing with Geelong and Gary Ablett's there. His strength is making great decisions and using the footy, which is one yep. of the hardest things to do in the, in the game. Yep. Give him the ball. Let him do it. He'll make life easier for everyone. And hit the scoreboard. Yeah. Hey, before we finish up, mate, uh, this weekend, your lovely wife's birthday. You got something special uh, organised. Might not mention the exact venue, but uh, you're sort of doing something special for your wife, I imagine. Yeah, it's her 30th today, so happy birthday, Alex. Um, happy birthday, Yeah, we're Alex. going... That was it. That's the present. <laughs> yeah, happy shout, shout out, out on, on the award-winning podcast. <laughs> yes, finalist. But um, yeah, we're going just a, a small little gathering at uh, a nice little venue down on yep. the coast, and um, yeah, that's about it. Chill day together. Yeah. Is there a lot of pressure because your thirtieth was first? Yeah, my thirtieth was first, and we that was good. I saw so Jackalope. She, she went um, big for yours. Yeah, so now, down there. Now you have to go. Big but now we live there. down there. So I'm like, wait, we're down here. So there's your comm sorted. <laughs> so you got to come into um, the city. And then like, um, you know, there's a couple of good games of footy on Saturday night. So we're not eating into that. <laughs> Sunday, one ten Hawthorne, Richmond. So we're not touching that that time slot. Yeah. So she knows she's got between about 12 right. and 2. Isn't she living the dream, Cocker, <laughs> with this bloke? It's so romantic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, look, that's another show wrapped up. Uh, great to have Mikey on. We'll, uh, we'll have another special guest in a fortnight, mate. Good luck. At the Thank week, you. at the weekend. Oh well, Friday night. Uh, f- more. Yeah, Friday night. Try and steer clear out of the ruck. See how I go. Yeah, Coco. Thought I took to it like a what is it like a water tape? A duck takes the water. I think Cruz is scared if he comes in. He's he's worried if he's he's. Yeah. I reckon he's faking his injury just to get away from Scott. Who's Maybe their second? Up. No, it's not Cruz. Who's their second ruck? Casbolt. <laughs> he's a big boy. Leave my Casbolt's good. I'm gonna fill my boots. Boots <laughs> this week in the ruck coming up against you. Good luck, Scotty. Thank you. Uh, all the best, Coco. Thanks for everything you do here uh, for us on the Jock and Journo show. We'll catch you in two weeks. Thank you. Bye for now. Cheers. Bye.